0: Hi, I'm Kevin Bolesky. I was a project manager uh, with PCL Construction
1: Management on the project. I'm Peter Schultz. I'm Managing Director, Architectural Design for Riddell-Cruzaba in Calgary. Hi, my name is Paul Ketchabon. I'm the project manager for
0: Riddell-Cruzaba Architecture on the project. So what we built here is the both the control building, uh, housing the control room, as well as the administration staff for the new Sturgeon refinery. Uh, the client is uh, the Northwest Redwater Partnership. It's a refinery that's being built from the ground up as the first refinery in Alberta in, in 30 years uh, producing low
1: sulfur diesel. So, this building is um, an administration office building and it has also a control room environment in it. It's for 300 uh, people working here, and then the control room area will be a 24 7 operation.
0: So I guess to start out with, we are south of the control building here at the edge of the refinery. We're actually just about, I don't know, maybe about 20, 30 feet from uh, a natural area with uh, with some trees and such. Uh, it's about a few degrees above zero today. It's a little chilly. And we're going to walk you through the, the site features.
1: So it was important to the owners and the design team that we have a meander-like um, single road. Um, coming to a drop-off area at the corner of the building. The main entrance is located towards a a very quiet um, ravine, a natural area. That was very important that we uh, considered that in in our design approach. And um, the other thing is that it was important to the owners that we have a building that can expand in the future, so we have allowed that um, a a wing could expand out to the south and as well as to the um, west side of the building. In order to achieve
0: um, some efficiencies in stormwater management, ultimately, about 95% of the storm runoff is captured uh, through uh, surface runoff. Uh, It runs through the parking lot, through catch basins, uh, into the storm system. All of that runs from the north sides of the site all the way to the southeast side, and there it hits uh, a lift station, and ultimately, all of that storm runoff Uh, Collects into a clean water settling pond, and in that way uh, the designer uh, in consultation with uh, NWR's uh, engineers were able to introduce that efficiency throughout the entire plant and and obtain 95% solid collection as well. So part of this uh, surface runoff strategy for one is that it eliminates uh, erosion of the site into nearby uh, nearby streams. As we mentioned, there's a ravine with a stream right beside us. Uh, it also eliminates the collection of solids into the storm system. With the collection of this stormwater runoff, it'll minimize the amount of water that is coming out of the North Saskatchewan, and essentially they'll be using the stormwater runoff as part of raw water for their process equipment in the refinery Most of the area here has been is seeded uh, it's a drought resistant natural seed the grass is actually a little long it's about you know six inches or so high that's meant to be a natural concept uh, we have a uh, a series of uh, trees that have been planted as well that are They're native to the area, uh, more drought tolerant, so we have poplars and aspens and some maples and pines and such. And that way we don't need irrigation. And again, eliminating the use of irrigation means eliminating the water consumption on the plant as well. So from our vantage point here, looking to the Northwest, uh, we can see there are some dedicated stalls for electric vehicle charging. Uh, Around the north side of the building, we can't see from here, but there's also a sheltered bike rack. Uh, Traditionally, in the plant atmosphere, uh, as much as there are lots of trucks uh, driving about, uh, they do use bicycles uh, as well. So uh, there's the ability to do that.
1: So from our current viewpoint, we see the office building. So it was very important that we had a, um, a lobby area and a welcoming entry with a canopy that really stands out. Basically, the the building is although it's an industrial or a building in an industrial plant, it's a very um, elegant building. It has a, a variation in fenestration. It has a mostly a silver panel on the outside, but there is some bronze element elements in between, and it has a a split face brick base. And uh, what we see from here is that there is a piece of the building that sticks out. And um, I will describe that piece when we go inside. But uh, it's a one-story building and it has a mostly, mostly it's a flat roof and it has a white uh, roof membrane to prevent heat island effect. And in addition to prevent overheating um, to the building, we have sunshades installed on the south and also on the east side of the building. And, uh, obviously daylight is very important for the inside and, um, we allowed for as much openings as we could. And the shades will just prevent the inside from overheating and that minimized the cooling and the need of air conditioning. It was important for our LEED scorecard that we have no light pollution. So nothing, no light fixtures had, have any, um, radiation to the above. Paul had a good word for it. Dark sky compliance are all the light
0: fixtures in the property.
1: So, from the satellite um, image, this place will be appearing as a very dark spot.
0: We're about to go through the front entrance. That's actually uh, right on the outside of our front entrance during our construction, is where we had our, our garbage bin. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the interesting things was that uh, we used a service provider that required uh, that did source separation on their own. And ultimately, we uh, we were able to divert over 80% of
1: our uh, garbage from the landfill. So we just came into the uh, lobby area, and uh, we have now the, the low fall sun uh, coming into this space, and it's a, a very welcoming, beautiful space. And through the lobby, we have a three-system uh, dirt collect process, You know, it collects the first stage rough dirt, second stage dirt level, and then you come in and your boots should be very clean before you hit the interior. So there's no uh, dust and pollution um, entering with the shoes into the building. We have designed the building in a way that this is the uh, main focal point, and from here we're going on two different axes into the um, main circulation of the building. And you cut from the public area that we are in through the town hall that is the next stage into a semi-public space, and then further into the operational offices, and after that into a very private and um, um, safe control room environment. So we are now um, going into the um, town hall area, and that leads us into the um, kitchen area, and We can look into the town hall, and now there's the element that I described that sticks out out of the roof. So we have actually a nearly two-story volume here for the town hall, and the intent was to get as much daylight into this space as possible. And further on, um, we have uh, several sections that have glazed elements. So from here, the daylight penetrates in, in those corridor areas as well. And we currently look into, you know there's no light on currently, and the whole space is lit by natural light and it, it's very nice actually. There's no need uh, now for, um, at this time of day, for any additional light fixtures. As we walk through the building, as we
0: go into each individual area, lights are coming on, so we have a series of so occupancy sensors within all the offices, corridors, that type of thing. Ultimately it's economy in, in reducing energy consumption and in that lighting. Uh, there's also uh, all the lighting control is low voltage, uh, which can be programmed according to times, uh, occupancy times, and as well as overridden uh, in each individual office. So as we're in the Town Hall, we see in one corner in the southwest corner there's a wood feature wall. Uh, we did use FSC certified wood. What that means is uh, the wood uh, is certified from the for, uh, Forestry Stewardship Council. It's a cradle-to-grave uh, type system where the, the wood comes from sustainable forests. The project overall uh, achieved over 50% uh, of the would uh meeting the FSC certification. Uh, they integrated into the project specification uh, a list of requirements as products were being selected and specified. Uh, in some instances, to be either local materials or to have a, a high recycled content. We tracked all of those components, uh, values, percentages, and ultimately, we'll be able to receive some credits for both recycled content and regional materials. So we've just made our way into one of the individual office spaces. Uh, The the materials around us, uh, the carpet tile, the ceiling tile above us, uh, painted walls, they're all specified to be low VOC and to essentially be a sustainable product. Same thing goes for the wood doors, um, looking right at one here. No uh, urea formaldehyde in the wood door as well. So ultimately what the low VOC uh, materials mean is that they don't have that, essentially that new car smell. That that smell is is not good. Uh, they can be carcinogenic and such. So selecting materials that are low VOC and essentially make it a more comfortable environment for, uh, for the staff in the building.
1: We have classical cubicles here, but they don't have a a high sidewall. And then we have enclosed offices, but they all have glazed partitions, so the daylight can penetrate um, through them. Currently, we are walking towards a little breakout space. Suddenly, the ceiling raises up to 10 feet, and the windows go up with it as well. You have... um, a 270 degree view towards the plant site. So it's for people that are working here, they know they can meet and see the whole activity on the industrial plant. So the idea is that um, daylight penetration and the way we lay out the space um, enhances the well-being, the performance um, of employees as well, the re- um, retention factor. So this is a very, um, you know, very modern, light-flooded um, office space. As we're walking
0: north uh, towards the control uh, area of the building, we're walking by a kitchenette, and we have a a hot water recirculation system uh, that circulates the water through the piping uh, continuously. That is more efficient than uh, a user running the hot water and it having to travel all the way from the mechanical room to the other side of the building, and it eliminates that water usage there. As well as uh, the gas usage
1: of the hot water tank itself, so now we're standing in front of the control room area, and they are currently installing the consoles um, that are getting ready for all the screens and the computers. The owner requirement um, asked for a control room environment um, that has no windows and it has ambient lighting and um, as well as task lighting so Each individual controller, let's say they are on a night shift, um, instead of being distracted and see it's night outside, they kind of are in a neutral environment and really can uh, focus on their work and um, on the importance of controlling the operation. As per the owner requirement, it was very important that we um, came up with some ideas about how the control room could expand. So the capacity of this area could house uh, three control room units that work independently or even as a big, huge one operation.
0: The control room is the heart and soul of the operation facing directly into the plant. So the control room was designed under the Alberta Building Code under the post-disaster heading. And if there was ever a disaster at the plant, the control room would be able to withstand uh, a certain level of blast that said the operation could continue while the rest of the operation is shut down. We're now standing in the building's mechanical room so uh, one of the things that we did uh, on the project as part of the design is a measurement and verification system so we have a series of individual meters so in the example of the gas, uh, gas line we have a meter on the incoming gas as well as uh, branching off on the hot water tanks. We have another meter on the boilers and uh, another meter on some of the additional hot water tanks. The same thing goes for the power side of things. And what that essentially gives the client, they can log on to this system and see power consumption, uh, utility consumption for water and gas. What they're able to do is develop trends uh, if there's any issues, they can troubleshoot them. Ultimately, uh, although it is a, uh, a higher capital expenditure to install all the individual meters and the metering equipment, uh, the payoff is in the long run in being able to optimize their energy performance and consumption down the road. On this project, uh, we did have a third-party commissioning agent. Uh, in this instance, it was MMM. This third-party commissioning process ensured that uh, it was built the right way, tested the right way, as well as uh, communicated to the clients so that they can operate all the systems correctly and most efficiently.
1: So we just came back to the lobby, and I think um, to sum up, we would like to talk about the design process a little bit. So the project delivery method was a design-build scenario. In a design-build scenario, the design team works very closely with the design builder from the beginning on, and the design builder brings in his expertise in uh, construction methods and cost control and scheduling items, so on. So we benefit benefited from that from the early process on. And then we had a, a whole group of subconsultants that supported us. Uh, commissioning was just mentioned, or the lead consultant that we had, our mechanical, electrical, structural engineer. Um, We approached this project in a very innovative um, way, innovative in a sense that um, the architectural office um, utilizes Revit and 3D technology. So we were able to actually um, build a virtual prototype um, that could be used for energy modeling during the process and it helped the um owners to really um have a tool that um they could see what um what we were designing and so the input during that process you might call it an integrated design approach um was very beneficial and um in the end it was important that everything you know comes together as a holistic um successful um solution so one thing that ultimately we found
0: very rewarding as a contractor is uh, this is the first refinery that's been built in in alberta in over 30 years and even though the control administration building is a is a small percentage of the entire refinery as a whole it, it literally is the brains of the operation so there were certainly some certainly some unique aspects that went along with with building that uh, at the same time Being a a sustainable building and looking for LEED certification is very important. Uh, Nearly all the projects we build uh, these days are sustainable buildings and to do so in a uh, very sustainable way and using the the best technologies uh, in order to do so. So we started working with PCL on this project back in 2009. So it's been quite the long process uh, to be able to get this building the way it turned out in the aspects of being correct in both the environmental aspects and the design aspects, and making sure that the owner was satisfied. And the project has turned out uh, quite remarkable, and I think that everybody involved should be very satisfied with efforts both from PCL
1: and Radel Kersaba and NWR.